It's good to be here. Uh, had a good day. Uh, I was telling some before church, I went to the cookout and got a, uh, a milkshake today. And uh, peanut butter milkshakes and guys that sugar run high are not good together. And so I was in a sugar coma today. And uh, I felt like I had hit, been hit by a truck when I woke up from my little nap. And normally I don't take naps. But what did I talk about this morning? I'm getting older, right? And what do older people do? But they take naps, don't they? All except for uh, Sister Holly. She didn't get her nap out. So she said she might. And neither did George. I can tell looking at George, he didn't get his nap out. Uh, so if they don't play nice with you tonight, that's probably why. We'll be in the book of James tonight. James chapter number 3. James chapter number 3. And uh, when you arrive there, you just uh, just sit down and hold on. James chapter number 3. Everybody smile real big. And I know y'all are still searching for James. It's a little book. It's right after Hebrews. And James chapter number 3. And we're going to read just a, just a few verses. And I'm going to preach quite a bit of this chapter. So just bear with me. The Bible says in James chapter 3, verse number 2. He says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for all the many blessings, God, the good day that you gave us the good service we had this morning. Lord, I just pray that you would bless tonight. God, I just pray that you would bless each one that are here. Lord, as we've mentioned, many are absent. God, I just pray that you would just be with them. God, help those that are traveling. Keep them safe. Keep your hand of protection upon them. God, I just pray that you would just use me tonight as your vessel. God, that you would just help me to expound upon your word. Lord, not in anything of my own power, because I can't do anything, Lord, but you can do all. And Lord, we praise you. We thank you. Because you're worthy, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. James provides an interesting angle on, on, the, on Jesus. Why is that? Because James is the half-brother of Jesus. James and, and, and Jesus share the same mother, and that is Mary. Now, they don't have the same father, right? Who's, who's the father of Jesus? God, right? And then we have Joseph is, is, James's, is James's father, so... In light of this, and in light of reading the book of James, you have to sort of read James in a, in a slightly different perspective. And I say that because James grew up right next to and hand in hand with Jesus himself. Now, we don't have any record of that other than the fact that when Jesus was 12 years old, that, that he stayed behind at the temple, that Mary and Joseph, they didn't lose him. Jesus voluntarily stayed back, I believe, and and was teaching, but maybe some sometime during all that, that, that James might have been right there with him. And no doubt, James heard some of the things that Jesus has to say. James grew up with Jesus, and, and you know how you are when, you, when your kid's growing up, and for some of you it's been a while, for some of you it's not been so long, but, you know, kids, they, they say things that they shouldn't say, right? 
You can agree to that statement that, that, that I say kids and teenagers and, and, and all these other folks, you know, as you're growing up, you say things and, and things come out of your mouth that were probably not the smartest things in the world to say. But James here has an interesting perspective on that. He says in verse 2, For in many things we offend all. We, we offend people by the, the things that come out of our mouth. And he said, And if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. The same is a perfect man. I would almost guarantee that when James wrote down this little section of Scripture that, that we have here, that he had his brother Jesus in mind. That Jesus never said one word, never said a cross word, never said anything to bring reproach to anybody or to cut anybody down. And that everything that came out of Jesus' mouth was, was good and was, and was perfect. And so James is giving us this perspective. and he said, But he said, for in many things we offend all. So sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves and say that, that sometimes we say things and, we, and we, things come out of our mouth that shouldn't. Can you say amen? Now, some of you get nervous when I start talking about this type of stuff, don't you? Some people kind of seize up on me, but it's okay because it's Bible. If I was up here giving my opinion, we would have a problem. But as long as I stay within the bounds of this Bible right here, then I can do nothing more than just preach the Word of God. And so James, he, he gives us three quick illustrations. Jane, and I'll try not to be too long, and I don't want to try to, I'll try not to keep you too long. But James gives us, and he starts unpacking this little section about our tongue, about our mouth, about what we say. And he gives us three quick illustrations, and I'm just going to pull those illustrations directly from the Bible and, and show you and tell you and bring to remembrance what James says here. He says in verse 3, he said, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. And behold, also the ships, though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. So you think about that in perspective, and I sort of preached about it just for a few minutes this morning about mules and, and how you put a harness on a mule and you can control that mule, but a horse is the same way. Now, if you, anybody in here like to ride horses? Chris, Chris and Pam are like to ride horses. The last horse I, I rode, I'll tell you a quick story, fell down the side of a mountain with me on it. And so I no longer ride horses. Uh, my insurance don't cover that. So, so, but, but you know, you, you understand how it works. And, and that, that day that my horse fell down the mountain, I had a really funny thing happen. I was in Cannon County, which is over there south of, of DeKalb County, and we were riding on a place called Short Mountain. And Short Mountain is, is straight up and down. I mean, it's, it's a rough part of the woods. And, and so I didn't have my own horse and so I called a guy. He said, hey, you want to go horseback riding? It was my brother-in-law. And I said, well, sure, I'll go. I said, but I don't have a horse, obviously. He said, well, we've got a horse for you. And when somebody says they got a horse for you, that's dangerous. So they get me this nice paint horse out of the trailer. I mean, this, this big old pretty horse. And, 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 and me being the man that I am, you know, I know a little bit about horses. I said, oh, I, can put the, I can put the gear. I can put the tack on that horse. Don't worry about it. Y'all work on your horses. I'll, I'll, I've got mine. So I put the saddle on there and, uh, and, and get, get the saddle cinched down and, and I put the bridle on the horse's head and I put the bit in its mouth. And that horse just stood there and it was, it was, the, it was the picture of just being a calm animal. 
and then I, I, you know, it didn't give me any problems. Well, I put my toe in the stirrup and threw my leg across the horse, and I kind of, you know, nudged it on the ribs a little bit while the horse took off. Everything was still great. Well, then I pulled on my, my right rein. I wanted the horse to go right. Well, the horse went left. And I thought, now, wait a minute. And so I had the other rein in this hand, and I pulled the horse left, and the horse went right. And I thought, what in the world is going off that? This horse is messed up. So they done give me a, a horse that's trained backwards. I thought, here I'm going to have to go through, up this mountain all day long remembering I've got to turn the horse the other way. <laughs> well, then I see my brother-in-law over there laughing at me. And he says, your horse is going the wrong way. I said, I noticed that. And he said, well, maybe it's because your reins are crossed up under the bottom of the horse. So I was pulling on the left rein with my right hand and the right rein with my left hand. <laughs> and so that, that big old horse, and I, that's kind of a funny story, but that horse, it, it, would, it would go just from a, a little bitty pull. And so he goes on and he talks about that we have control of, of horses, we have control of beasts, and, and he says also we have control of ships. Now, and and you, anybody that's ever been on a cruise, I know Cecil went, recently went on a cruise to Alaska and, and next year he's paying for me to go on the cruise with him and, and I, the Lord laid that on your heart, I believe, brother. But those, you know, those big old cruise ships that they have and, and all, that, all that, those thousands of people on there and there's one guy up there just steering that ship along and, and you don't even know if he's doing it right but he's just driving it along, a little bitty thing. And so James gives the example, he said that this little bitty member of our body. I forget what, how much a tongue weighs. It, it seems like some people's tongues weigh 20 pounds, but anyways, I won't get into that. But a tongue just weighs something like two or three ounces. And yet, if you're not careful, it can mess everything up, can it? James gives that example. He says, such, such just a, a little bitty thing can just, can just give you a world of trouble. That bit that I had in that horse's mouth was a piece of metal this long. But had I not figured out what was wrong with it, I probably would have ended up driving that horse off the side of a cliff that day and nearly did anyways with it the right way. But the littlest things, the smallest things can have the biggest effect. It's not about sometimes our actions. It's not about our deeds. Sometimes it's just about what we say. I want to say this about the tongue. Did, did you know that, that once you say something, you can't take it back, right? That's pretty obvious. I like to shoot guns, and, and once I shoot that gun, once I pull that trigger, guess what? That bullet's gone, and I can never bring it back. And, and let's say I shoot a deer or something like that, and, and I shoot that deer. Even if I'm sorry for shooting that deer, even if, if I get down and I say I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have fired that bullet, guess what? The bullet has already been fired. And you can't take it back. You can't, you can't undo the damage that is done. Even if I just wound the deer or whatever and I'm trying to patch it back up, we've got to be careful with that. And so the tongue is just as dangerous as a weapon sometimes as a bullet is. There have been wars started on this earth. Every war, in fact, has pretty much not been started with a gun but with somebody's tongue, with somebody's mouth, with somebody saying something or doing something that they shouldn't have said or, or that, that offended somebody. But then he goes on to say, he continues, continues in verse number 5, he talks about the, the first thing, is, the first illustration is how just a small thing can have such a big effect. But then he goes on in verse number 5 and he said, Even so the tongue a little member, and boasteth great things, behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, 
So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. That's some pretty bold words, isn't it? When James said that, he was, he was pretty serious, I believe, when he wrote this about this. James wasn't messing around. He wasn't holding any punches. James just laid it out there. And he said, hey, folks, we need to be careful about what we say. The second illustration that James gives us is the illustration of a forest fire. Everybody knows who the Smokey, Bear, Smokey the Bear is, right? And, and Andrew likes to hike. And, and Andrew, I know, well, he don't like to hike right now, but when he, when he gets better, he'll start hiking again. But, you know, over in the, in the Smoky Mountains, and when you get out into the woods, you ever seen those signs that, that talk about the fire danger that day? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Am, am I the only one that's ever seen those? A few of you. You'll see a little sign, and it'll say, if it's okay to start a fire, it'll be green. And if it's kind of iffy, it'll be yellow. And, and if it's really dangerous, it'll be red. And that means don't, don't even so much as, as strike a match out there. You might set the whole forest on fire. I just recently saw that there's the Daniel Boone National Forest in Kentucky's on fire right now. But James said this. He said that, that not only does the, does the tongue cause us a lot of problems, he said, but the tongue can set off a fire that cannot be stopped. He said the tongue can, can so much, he said you can, just, you can just say one little word and he said and then suddenly it's just like a wildfire. He said it just spreads. Now the thing about it is, is the conditions have to be right for a wildfire to go off, right? You got to have dry weather, you got to have wind and all this. And, and I got to thinking that, you know, so many times Satan is preparing people and Satan is preparing places like churches for that one little spark, just that one little, little, little point of ignition so that when the fire starts that it just spreads everywhere and then there's, there's just massive destruction. Just a couple, three years ago or a few years ago, time's going by on me fast. They, you remember the, the half of Gatlinburg burn up and the Smoky Mountains and they were just thousands and thousands and thousands of acres were on fire. And they traced that fire down to two teenage boys who had had just a little bitty tiny campfire. And I bet when those little boys set that campfire and they left it and let it get out of control, they had no idea what the ramifications of that decision would be that day. But see, once they came forward, once they made the confession and said, hey, that, that probably wasn't the smartest thing to do. We probably shouldn't have done that. Too late then, right? The fire's already set. And it cost people, insurance companies, millions and millions and millions of dollars. And it cost man hours and firefighters. And they were putting their lives in danger. And, and people's homes and, and vehicles and all their possessions were destroyed. Why? Because somebody made a bad decision that day. Somebody let something happen and it got out of control. I would encourage you to be very careful about what comes out of your mouth. Amen? Is everybody still with me? Nobody's had a heart attack or anything yet? I'm just going from the Bible here. Amen? He said, that, that it's, he said it's just a world of iniquity. I, I talked about this and I allude to it quite a bit and, and maybe people need to hear it. I don't know. But we have a natural tendency. Our turn is not to say nice things. Did you know that? I mean, really, when, when a lot of times when something happens, we automatically think the worst and if we're not careful, we automatically say the worst, don't we? And we see somebody do something or, or we see somebody wh where they shouldn't be and then that tongue 
it, it, starts, it starts going, and that can set off a fire that can't be stopped. I heard a funny story that there were, that there were a preacher had preached a sermon on confessing your faults to one another. And everybody, that's, I believe that's also in James chapter 5, if, if I'm not mistaken. But the preacher had preached a, a, a sermon on that, and so the four deacons of the church, I mean, where are my deacons at tonight? But they must be in a deacons meeting somewhere, you reckon? So I can talk about deacons, amen? But those deacons, they decided, there was four deacons, and they decided to uh, have a meeting and confess their faults to each other. And so one of the deacons, he said, well, he says, brothers, he said, he said I've known y'all for a lot of years, and... He said, and I'll be the first to confess. He said, sometimes, he said, I steal things. He said, sometimes I, I just, it's in a store, I can't help it. He said, I'm, I'm a kleptomaniac. He said, it's nothing, it don't hurt anybody, but I just like to steal stuff. And the next guy said, well, he said, I've got sort of a problem too. He said, I like to drink. And, you know, they all kind of looked at him, and, and he said, just, just a little, little bit here and there, and by no means am I condoning any of this, and and, and then the third one, they looked at him, and he said, well, he said, I've got a lustful eye. He said, sometimes I look at women that, that are not my wife, and, and I think things I shouldn't. And they all look at the fourth deacon, and he's sitting there, and he said, well, I'm a gossip, and I can't wait to get out of this room. <laughs> and that's a funny story, right? But, but it's true sometimes, right? Sometimes people tell you things in confidence and, and if you're not careful, you'll, you'll go and, and we'll disguise it as a prayer request. We'll say, hey, uh, I, we need to pray for, for Andrew. You know, Andrew's got this going on and, and Andrew probably told me, and I want me to tell anybody, but yet we'll just go to somebody and we'll say, hey, did you hear about this? And before you know it, it gets out and it gets twisted and it's blown way out of proportion. It just, it's just like you just like throwing a fire on, a, on a, just a big pile of gas. It just catches fire and you can't stop it. It's already happened. Do we see the importance of, of keeping our tongues under control? Are you still with me? Amen. Perk up, people. I'm going to have you stand up and put your hands in there in a minute if you ain't careful. And I'm almost done here, but he goes on to say in verse 7, and we're going to get to our third example here, our third illustration. He says, for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. That's a good statement, isn't it? I'm going to read that again. But the tongue can no man tame because, here's the comma, he said, it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. He says, therewith, and here's the third, their third illustration, he says, therewith, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. He said, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. And I like what he says here. He says, brethren, he says, these things ought not so to be. <laughs> I like what James said. He said, he said you just ought not do it. That's, that's pretty country right there, but it's, it's real. And he says in verse 11, he asks a question. He says, Doth a fountain send forth at the same time sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. The third, thing, the third illustration about the tongue that James gives tonight is that, that you need to be careful about being double-tongued. Amen? 
And now it's one thing to always talk bad, but then there's some people that talk, talk decent part of the time, some people that, that know how to talk the talk, but then as soon as, as soon as the situation changes, then so does their mouth. Anybody say amen right there? Y'all are making me nervous. Y'all need this. You need to hear this, don't you? Oh, me. <laughs> Thank you, Cecil. But, but we, we, we know how to bless the Lord. We, we walk into church and we'll shake each other's hands and, and we'll say, oh, God is good. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you about what God did for me this week. And, and we get up here and, and we sing and, and I preach and, and all these other things and all these good things that come out of our mouth, things that are, are bragging on people, you know. And, and I, brag on, I try to brag on people and uplift people as much as I can. I try to encourage people and I hope you do too. But don't take that and as soon as they're out of your presence, turn it around on them and start talking bad about them. He said we bless God in one breath and then he said we'll curse him or we'll speak badly of those around us with the next. And James said that ought not to be so. He said stop, don't do that. That's awful. I've seen situations and heard about situations where people would basically cuss all the way to church in the car and then when they got to church, they just turned it off and come into church and put their coat on and, you know, just walk in. Hey, everything's good. That's not good. I believe the Bible would call that a hypocrite, wouldn't you? Yeah, some of you agree with me. He says that your mouth, he said that they, it should not put forth both bitter and sweet water. He said that a fountain can't do it. Something that God made can't put forth sulfur water and fresh water at the same time. And neither should your mouth be able to put out bitter words. Now I know sometimes it's hard. I understand that. I get it. I'm, I'm human too. I'm just like everybody else. People make me mad sometimes. Sometimes people make you mad. You know there's one person in here I've never seen get mad. And that's Cecil. I love picking on Cecil. But I'm sure that if you, if you said the right thing, Cecil might might get a little angry. You, can you imagine that? And, and, and Rhonda's sitting there and she says, I know exactly what to say. Do you want me to show you? <laughs> but I, I've only heard good things come out of his mouth and I appreciate that. But there's so many people that, that claim the name of Christ that say, hey, I go to church. Hey, I'm a Christian. But yet you hear them talking outside of church and you couldn't tell. You can tell a lot about a person by the things that come out of their mouth. You know, you can, you can come to church every Sunday morning and be, be faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and be at all the revivals. But I tell you what, if, if, if you don't live it outside and, and your tongue is not under control, then I would have a hard time believing that you, you have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. That's hard to deal with, isn't it? That's a, that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's the truth. See, the truth is not always an easy thing to, to, to digest. The truth is not always easy to say, hey, yeah, well, let's take this and apply it to our lives because sometimes what Jesus tells us to do or what the Bible says, what the book of James says, sometimes those things are unnatural to us. See, our nature, we have, we have that atomic nature in us that, that just sometimes it just wells up and we have to get it under control because if we don't, we can set off a fire that cannot be stopped. We can say a word that we can't take back. We can get out of control or we can let our tongues control us instead of our, our, our right heart with Jesus. And we need to be really, really careful about that. Amen? Be careful about what you say. 
when you go to work tomorrow, I, I always try to apply this in, in real life. You know, it's nobody in here hopefully is going to say anything out of the way, say anything negative, say, have any bitter words come out of their mouth. But tomorrow, uh, I, I've said it before, that somebody's probably going to walk up to you and they're going to make you mad. It just happens. It, I mean, I think the devil just sends people straight to me sometimes and, and tries to test and see if I'm going to live out the sermons I preach. You ever feel like that sometimes, that the preacher preaches something on Sunday and then Monday morning it's like the forces of Satan are against you just to try to get you to do the opposite of what, what was just preached? I encourage you to be careful, to be cautious, to be aware of the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because that might be the difference in somebody getting saved or not. You might have a good witness. You might have a, a good report at work. And, and people say, well, you know, that person, they're a godly person. And then you, you say the wrong word at the wrong time to the wrong, and to the wrong person. And you just ruined your testimony. You work years and years and years to build it up. And then one little phrase that comes out of your mouth can just destroy it like that. And... and that's, that's something that's kind of scary a little bit, isn't it? But be cautious. I promise you, I can tell you this, that the more you guard your tongue, the easier it gets. If you pay attention to what you say, if, if, you, if you guard your tongue and try not to say things you shouldn't say, then it'll get easier. But as soon as you start letting those things slip out and, and say, well, that don't really hurt anybody, you know, I just let off a little frustration, I've been a little frustration, it does hurt. It hurts you. It hurts your testimony. Because as soon as you start and you continue to do it, then you could start running into problems. Everybody bow your head. Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for your wonderful word. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you, you gave us the word to say that we need to be careful about what we say. Lord, that, that our tongue, even though it's so small, Lord, that it can, it can pretty much ruin any of us in a minute. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to be cautious, Lord, in our lives. Lord, that everything that comes out of our mouth, Lord, would be glory to you. Lord, that we wouldn't bring reproach to the precious name of our Savior, but rather that we would, we would build you up, Lord, that we would, we would lift you on high with everything that comes out of our mouth. God, I just pray that you would help us not to gossip amongst each other. God, I, I just pray that you would help us, Lord, to speak speak highly of each other and not speak ill. Lord, so that we can, Lord, we can grow your kingdom for your glory. God, I just pray that you would help us and take it and apply it to our lives. Thank you for your wonderful word. In Jesus' name, amen.